0: Thank you for tuning in into the New Life Church Downtown Podcast. If you would like to get connected, follow us on Instagram at NLC Downtown Little Rock or email us at downtown.podcast at newlifechurch.tv. Today we're going to be in Mark chapter 2. Go with me to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So Mark is the second gospel. And we're going to focus on one verse this morning. But before we do that, I just want to ask you the question, what are you carrying? What are you carrying? What's on you? Everybody brought different things in here with them, but I just want you guys to think about that. What are you carrying? That's what we're going to talk about today. Verse 27 and 28, we're just going to focus on these two verses. It says, then Jesus said to him, the Sabbath... was was made to meet the needs of people. The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. Let me pray. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that you're good, that you're faithful. Uh, God, I pray that you would build us up this morning. God, that you'd encourage us. And it's in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Come on, everybody said? Amen, amen. Um, you know, I, I've told this story once before. I was thinking about this this morning. Uh, some of you guys know my story. Some of you don't. I'm from Columbus, Ohio. Well, I'm actually from Augusta, Georgia. Go Dawgs. Uh, But I went to school in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, I moved here in 2009. And I had been a worship leader, worship pastor up in Columbus. And uh, I felt like God was calling me into ministry. And I kind of looked around and was trying to figure out who I wanted to be, and and I, I wasn't exactly seeing it. Have you all ever been there in life where you're trying to figure out where you want to go, the trajectory that you want to go on, but the people that you see around you don't line up with where you want to head? You know, I think one of the biggest tellers for the potential in your life is look at the leaders you have above you and ask yourself the question, do you want to be where they are? Do you want to be who they are? You know, to me, what we do isn't nearly as important as who we do it with. You know, God did not just create us to go out and do jobs and to chase the highest paying job. I believe that that's secondary. Primary is who are you? Who are you becoming? Because even if we want to talk about income, that's going to be decided based on who you are and what is in you, right? But I think so often, we try to bypass that. And so for me, uh, I was in a place to where um, I had some good, integrous people around me, but I felt like God had given me vision for my life, and it didn't quite line up with where they were, and so I moved to Arkansas. And I don't know if I could have even shown you where Arkansas was on a map at the time, okay? (laughs) Thank you, public schools, right? No, I came here, and I met some amazing people. And more than that, I met leaders who I wanted to be like. And so I went from being a worship leader, worship pastor, and I got a job at New Life Church, very prestigious position. Okay, you ready? I was the executive maintenance director, (laughs) which is a really fancy way to say I was the janitor for the church. And so I took out the trash, y'all. Let me tell you something. You know what happens when you get, like, 150 babies back in the little life section. Those diapers got to go somewhere, and I know exactly where they went, okay? Um, And so I I went into this season of doing that. I actually met my wife. She got me the job. Uh, She was the secretary for the church. We had a little bit of a church scandal on our hands. Uh, The janitor and the secretary ran off together. Um, No, and Callie, I met her, and what I loved about Callie, what I fell in love with about Callie, is that she loved me where I was, but she was not okay with me staying where I was. Can I get an amen on that? And I'm not talking about my position. I'm talking about who I was. She challenged me, and I was like, okay, fellas, if your lady is challenging you, God has blessed you. Okay? You hear me on that? And so she challenged me to work hard and to do things. James over here smiling. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. We both got blessed uh, with women who are smarter than us, okay? And they just push us, amen? Uh, and so, um, I was working a maintenance job, like I said, and if any of you guys have ever done maintenance work, uh, you know you need tools, right? Okay, so I started to collect tools. I started to get a toolbox going. And at some point, so I was overseeing the whole facility. If you've ever been to our greater Little Rock campus, it's over there up towards Maumelle. Um, It's a large facility, I would say it's about 50,000 square feet, uh, and I was the only maintenance guy. Now, mind you, I had zero maintenance experience. I don't know why they hired me to do this job to the day. I think God must have told them to just have, have mercy on me, okay, <laughs> give him something to do. And so during that, do you all remember Fitbit? Is that, anybody wearing a Fitbit? Okay, what's up? We got one. We got one in the house. That's good. Getting your steps. I like it. Uh, you know, back when getting your steps in was a big thing, I got my steps in. And here's why. I would start a job and I would have to walk to the other end of the facility to do the job. And I'd kind of bring the tools I thought I need with me. And that you'd always realize, who can give me an amen on this? When you're working on a new project, you're always forgetting one tool that you got to go back for. All right. And so I was going back and forth, back and forth across this building until one day we had a maintenance guy come in and he had, This mystical, magical uh, device called a tool bucket, all right? And so he had a bucket of tools, and there's something that you put in there. It's like those big paint buckets that you can put the tools along the side, and this revolutionized my life, okay? Here's the truth. When you don't know what you're doing, you get more worn out doing that thing until you develop the muscles, until you learn how to do it. The truth is, is that this year, who has found themselves experiencing things or doing things that they have never done in their entire life? If you didn't raise your hand, I don't know when you quarantined before, all right? But we all have found ourselves in, in a place and in a season where we don't quite understand what we're doing, and y'all, that's exhausting. Exhausting. And so my question for you is what have you put in your bucket this year? What have you been carrying around with you? Because something that I've seen, and it doesn't take long, get on social media, is I have seen people who are carrying anger. I've seen people who are carrying offense. I've seen people who are carrying fear. If this candidate, fill in the blank, whatever it means to you, gets elected, America as we know it, is over. Right? Right? <laughs> I've been listening to the radio recently. I bought an older vehicle and I don't have an aux cord in it. And uh, I've just been listening to the radio and even the senators are in on the game. Like, vote for me or the whole state is going to fall apart. Y'all, can I tell you my hope for this election cycle? My hope is that we as the church are engaged with who's in office, but that our faith is who's on the throne. The truth is that somebody's gonna be in office and one way or another, half the population is gonna be very upset. And my hope is, Jesus follower, if you're a Jesus follower in this community, is that we remember that he sits enthroned. He's the one that we put our faith in. He's the one that we put our hope in. Because the truth is, guys, If you carry around fear and bitterness and anger, it is going to weigh your soul down. And not only are you going to experience frustration and bitterness, the people around you are going to pick that up as well. And y'all, I don't know about you, but God has called us to be the salt of the earth. We're called to be salt and light. We're supposed to be salt for the roads that people walk on. Salt enhances flavor Amen but we're also supposed to be on a a city on a hill. And my prayer is that we as the people of God would shine brighter than we ever have. Y'all, God is a very present help in times of peace. No, that's not what it says. It says God is a present help in times of trouble. Everybody say Sabbath. Everybody say Sabbath. Sabbath means rest. It's a time where we rest. We remember who God is. We dedicate that time. But something that I've found, guys, is that a lot of us really don't honor a Sabbath. You know, that's something that I've, I've realized for the past few years. Um, Callie and I love what we do. Like, we love to work. I love to work. I want to work all the time. Uh, we, we're just, we've just been wired that way. But God has designed us for rhythms. Everybody say rhythms. And I think that in the culture we're in, we've lost some of our rhythms and we end up in a spin cycle. And I think one of the main ways that we end up in this spin cycle is when it's time to rest, we go here, right? We go here, and sometimes we do both. Like we got the TV on, and we got our phone going. Y'all, it's no wonder that we're worn out, that we're struggling with anger and bitterness and unforgiveness when that's what we're consuming. Amen. Listen, you will hunger for what you feed yourself. You will hunger for what you feed yourself. And I think that what's happened, I think for a lot of us, is that we've gotten malnourished because we're consuming empty calories. We're consuming things that were never meant to satisfy our souls. And the truth is, is that when you're tired, it affects your body. But when you're weary, it affects your soul. And y'all, the world needs Christians The world needs the church of Jesus Christ at full strength. Can I get an amen? Full of faith, full of hope, full of love for the things that God is going to do because y'all, this is not the first time that things have been crazy in the world. Jesus said, Sabbath rest is made for man. Not man for the Sabbath. So what does that mean? What does that look like in your life? What do you rest in? You know, I I heard a pastor say recently, he said that what we do with our secret place shows what we adore. What we do with our solitude shows us where our hearts are. So my question to you, what do you do with your secret place? When nobody's around, when you've got spare time, is there any bit of it? Y'all, this convicted me this week. I'm going to be honest. This got me. So I'm not just hitting you with something that didn't get me right at the core. <laughs> but I heard a pastor say, what do you do with your secret place? What do you do with your solitude? What do you adore? Maybe it's hobbies, right? Hobbies aren't bad. I'm not saying don't have hobbies. But it's your hobby what consumes your secret place. Or is it worship? Is there time with God? Is it, man, I'm going to buy a vacation home, (laughs) fantasizing, maybe vision for work? What is it? And here's what I want you to do. I just want you to jot it down real quick. Start thinking about this. What is it that consumes my solitude? What is it that consumes my secret place? You could think about beauty. Falling in love, it's not a bad thing. But I believe it's not supposed to consume our solitude. Is it business success? Is that just all you think about? Is it professional acclaim or achievement? What do you think about when you have nothing else to think about? Now, why does this matter? On the surface, you're like, Bronson, you are picking me apart, okay? None of those things will ever bring you satisfaction for your soul. You could have all the beach houses in the world. Y'all, there are celebrities all across who have that. But yet they still say they're miserable. Why? We are created for a relationship with our God. When we spend time with him, when we worship him, when we sing back to him who he is, he begins to teach us who we are. And the truth is, y'all, Where God is most pleased in our lives, you're gonna be the most fulfilled. Think about the wells that you run to. Do they satisfy you? You know, this weekend, Pastor Rick's teaching on uh, the names of God. We were talking about that a little bit as a staff. Before we do that, I I wanna read this verse to you. 1 Corinthians 4. 8 through 10 says, we're pressed in on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We're hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. Through the suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be seen in us. Yo, has anybody in here just needed some rest this year? Raise your hand, it's okay. It's okay to raise your hand in church. Some people got both hands and a foot up, okay? I believe that we can abide with God, but we have to understand who he is. He is El Shaddai. That means the Lord God Almighty. He's Adonai, that's Lord, our master. He's Yahweh. He's the one who brought all things into being. He's Jehovah Nissi, that's the Lord, my banner. Your banner is what flies over you in battle. He's Jehovah Ra, the Lord, my shepherd. He walks with us, he guides us. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. Jehovah Shema, the Lord that is there with us. Jehovah Mikodeshka, say that five times. I had to write it out phonetically, so I said it right. The Lord who sanctifies you. What does sanctifying you mean? It means makes you more like him. El-Olam is the everlasting God. Elohim, that's God. El in the scripture, it means God. So Beth-El, that's the place where we worship the one true God. Emmanuel, God with us, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. I wonder which of these names of God you need the most right now. God is our rest. God is our hope. God is the one who sustains us in tough times. And so my hope for you, I'm gonna give you a few practical tips. But this morning, I just wanted you to take inventory on where are you at? Where are you finding your hope? Where are you finding your security? Because y'all, November 4th is coming. (laughs) Anybody delete Facebook yet? And we gotta know where our security is. We have to know who our God is. And so I'm gonna give you a few challenges here, give you a few things. Number one, fight for time with God. I want you to fight for time with God. What does that look like? You may have to get up early. That's the thing God's been challenging me with for years, for years. I was up with the crows, getting with God. Then we had our daughter and our schedules got all messed up. I realized this week when I heard that, what do you do with your secret place? What do you do with your solitude? Like, Man, I got I to gotta fight again, to get close to God, to hear from God. So what do you do during that time? One, I like to read a book, just a chapter a day. I read, try to read a uh, chapter out of the Bible in a chapter out of a book. Y'all can throw that up there. Here's a few books I would suggest. There's a book called Jesus the King by Tim Keller. If you need book suggestions, write these down or take a picture of it. Uh, That's, if you want to get at finding your identity in Jesus, I think that top book has been one of the most transformational books for me. The second one's called Surprised by Hope. Um, Have you ever read the Bible and been like, what is this really all about? (laughs) Like, what is the Christian hope? For me, that was one of the best examples that I've found. Uh, there's another book called The Screwtape Letters. Has anybody read Screwtape Letters? It's worth reading every couple of years. Basically, when you get into it, you're going to be like, why did he suggest this weird book if I don't explain it? But he wrote it from the position of a tempter. That would be a demon. Talking to his boss and trying to figure out how to take somebody down, take a believer down. Y'all, it's insightful. The tactics of the enemy, which I think in 2020, we need to know what the tactics of the enemy are. Amen. C.S. Lewis killed that. Then there's another one called Own the Moment by a guy named Carl Lentz. That's a great book. And then there's another one I'd add. It's called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. I don't know about y'all. Do y'all ever get, I just get peace when I think about that. A long obedience in the same direction. We want microwave Christianity sometimes. Amen. (laughs) Amen. But whenever you're really hungry, are you ever like, man, I want the fastest cooked meal that there is? Nobody sits around and fantasizes on a desert island about a hungry man microwave dinner, right? You're thinking about something that was slow cooked, that was cooked with care, that somebody took their time. Y'all, that's what God is doing. That's your faith. It's a long obedience in the same direction. And there's a book called that, Long Obedience in the Same Direction by a guy named Eugene Peterson that I'd highly recommend. But here's what we're gonna do. We're about to close. Um, and the worship team, y'all can start making your way back up here. We're just gonna take some time and worship. And y'all, i love for this whole place to be an altar this morning. An altar is a place where things come to die. It's something where you just release things, they sacrifice things on the altar, right, in the Old Testament. And Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, that we're supposed to be a living sacrifice. I taught on this some this summer. But when you're a living sacrifice, that means that you bring things to die. But as we do that, God shows us what the fullness of life really looks like. And so I'd love for you to just think about, man, just that one idea. What am I carrying with me? Two ideas. What am I carrying with me? What's in my pack? Is it bitterness? Is it unforgiveness? Because y'all, what you take with you or what you sow, you're gonna reap. If you reap bitterness, you're gonna reap bitterness, right? If you sow unforgiveness, you're gonna reap unforgiveness. If you sow in fear, you're gonna reap fear. But y'all, if we sow in faith, God is going to return with faith. If we sow relationally with love, love is going to be returned. And if we sow in hope, y'all, that is going to be the nutrition for the soil of our lives. And we've got a great hope. And that's that Jesus is sitting on the throne and he's got a plan that his kingdom is breaking in and it's advancing and it's happening in you. It's happening in you and you and you. In you. It's what God does. Amen. I want to pray for you. Y'all stand to your feet. We're going to do a time of prayer. And then I'm just going to have the worship team lead us in a couple of songs. I know normally our liturgy here is that we do one. But this morning we're going to do a few so that you can get some time. So all heads bowed, all eyes closed. Come on, if you're in here and you've just been feeling a little bit weary this year, we'll encourage you to slip your hand up. I want, to, I want to pray for you. You've just been feeling weary. You need God to bring you rest, that Sabbath rest. I see you. I see you. I see you. Hands all over the room. Come on, you just need the rest. I see you. That comes from a relationship with God. I see you. God, we just pray that this morning, this place, this moment, God, would be a holy moment with you. God, where we're reminded who you are. And God, we bring to the altar just things that have. Had our hearts, God, things that we didn't even realize, but we were putting our faith, we're putting our hope, we're finding our rest in. God, teach us to find our rest in you. And so, God, we just repent of that. God, we find our rest in you and what you've done in your life. God, we thank you that you went for the cross for us when we were enemies and you brought us life. And so, God, right now, we just praise you all across the room. Come on, just begin to praise God for what he's done in your life. God, I thank you that you found me in the pit, but you didn't leave me there. God, you pulled me out. Come on, remember your story all across the room. God, we repent of putting our rest in Netflix or Hulu or whatever. God, we know those aren't bad things, but they're not the best thing. God, lead us towards the best thing. That's your presence. God, I pray that you'd be close to us right now. In Jesus. name. Come on, if you know you've got some things you've been carrying with you that you need to leave at the altar, you've been carrying fear, you've been carrying anger, you've been carrying bitterness, unforgiveness, I just want you to raise your hand right now. That's a sign of leaving that thing here at the altar. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. Come on. Come on, let's drop this stuff. God, we lay aside our anger, our offense, our fear. And God, we put our faith in you. That you're able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. God, we believe that you're the king. And we trust you as king. Show us your ways, Jesus. It's your name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Hey, guys, Pastor Bronson here. just want to say thank you for listening in. Uh, Our hope and our prayer is that this podcast equips you on your walk, your journey with Jesus. And so please like, subscribe, share, help us spread the word. We love you.